Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Chicago Cubs have sent struggling second baseman Addison Russell down to the minors. With the activation of catcher Wilson Contreras, Russell was sent to AAA Iowa. The I-Cubs complete their road trip in San Antonio tonight before returning home tomorrow against Round Rock 708 with the first pitch. The Cubs got back on the winning track yesterday with a 4-1 win in San Francisco. Javi Baez with the Javi Bomb. He's double two steals, two runs. High drive to left. And it's gonna go! And the Cubs lead one to nothing. The call from NBC Sports Chicago. The Cardinals stayed hot on the trail of the Cubs, remaining a half game back after a nine-run second inning. And Paul DeYoung with three homers. And DeYoung sends one out to deep left. Dickerson back near the wall. It is gone! It's a home run and we're tied at two! Brewers also with a win yesterday in comeback fashion as Yasmani Grandal gives the Brew Crew the lead. Grandal through the hole of the base hit. scores. Kane will score as the throw goes into second and gets away. Milwaukee with a 5-4 win on the call from Fox Sports Wisconsin. The championship tilts are set at the state softball tournament in Fort Dodge. Class 1A tonight, it'll be Collins-Maxwell against Clarksville. Tomorrow night, 545, Carlisle gets North Scott. And tomorrow night at 8, it'll be an all-CIML tilt with Waukee against West Des Moines Valley. CIML baseball scoreboard from last night in the sub-state finals. Ankeny, a 16-0 four-inning win against 7th-ranked Roosevelt. Third-ranked Southeast Polk beats number 4 Ankeny Centennial 6-3. Dowling Catholic over Valley 5-3. It was number 9 Urbandale beating 8th-ranked Waukee 2-0. And Johnston with the 10-0 shutout win over Indianola. Those five teams punched their ticket to the state tournament at Principal Park. The 4A field begins play on Wednesday. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, hour number two in the 11 o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Pat Hardy, allhawkeyes.com, 10 minutes thereabouts. Uh, we will uh, go back to yesterday as the uh, men's basketball program at the University of Iowa had a media availability, and uh, Pat was there, so we'll find out uh, what went on, what he took away from it, uh, etc. coming up about 10 minutes, and then in a half an hour from now, we will speak with Tim Yotter, Viking Up. Update.com. We'll take a look at KX and O's NFL team as they get set to head to uh, to training camp. In fact, uh, camp opens for the Vikings uh, here today. Trent, uh, in your update, I and mean, I meant to do this in the first hour of the program, but let's uh, take it on now. Addison Russell was optioned to Wilson Contreras came back. I thought it was going to be Scalzo. I thought yes. he was going to be the one that would be the... Odd man out, didn't you? He's been awful. I mean, what he's batting overall this year, one, one something, 181, I think it was, as I looked at it yesterday. He's been bad. But Addison Russell, it's not just that he struggled compared to what we saw certainly a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when he made his way up and during the championship run, but the extracurricular. And, and this cloud that continues to hang and linger over this team and with that and the fan base, mm-hmm. that's there. That it is real. No, there's no you question. You can feel that. Yeah, absolutely. You don't. 
not pay, playing psychologist here, but I think everybody can feel that. It just the fan base doesn't want him on their team. Don't want him there. Right. Can't embrace it. And with it, you're still going to most everybody. Well, they held their nose and, and they held their nose when and when Aroldis Chapman yes. was here. Yes. And it brought a championship. And he brought a championship. And then on the heels of that one, they didn't like it. I don't think I, I don't speak for them, but I think the consensus um is at least is how I take it is Cubs fans didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um and and were better and were happy that he was no longer going to be a part of the team, but then when Russell, who was part of the team, goes down this path, um, they just they, they couldn't get past it. And I don't blame him. No. I think he's played his last game as a Cub. I would be surprised if, well, I'd be surprised if he's not moved uh, by a week from yesterday. Trade deadline will have come and gone. Uh, a week from today is August the 1st, so we'll, we'll and that's it. Once Wednesday comes and goes, there's there's no more movement as far as teams, uh, players changing teams. I just don't, I just don't see a pathway for him I'm not even sure there's a September call-up if he happens to be on this roster. Well, I, I don't think there's any way. I, I have a feeling you're going to see trying to trade him for a bag of balls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking yeah. at C-level prospects. Mm-hmm. If you can get anything with any amount of hope, that's what you're going to do. And if not, I think it's more likely he is cut. He is designated for assignment. I, mean, I wonder how many years he's got left in his deal. <sighs> Got to be three? I don't know. I'm going to try, try and Google it right now. Because... But I think that's more likely that that's what you see with Addison Russell. Is he's outrighted as opposed to him back with the team in some fashion this season. Ah, uh, that uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, Sport Track has him. Uh, this is it. He's signed through 2019. Is that can that be right? Well, he's going to be arbitration eligible now for the next couple of years. But if they don't offer him arbitration, they don't have to offer him arbitration, do they? Because he signed a $3.4 million deal avoiding arbitration before this season. It was, we will sign you to this deal, but we're not going to go to arbitration because you know what's going to come to the table. Your domestic abuse. Oh, sure. And that is going to knock it down. You would guess, I've never been part of arbitration hearings, but I would guess that would be something that certainly the team would bring to the table to keep that price Mm -hmm. down. So he signed that without it. But I think he still has two more years of arbitration coming up here with that. Does that make it easier? Yes. Yeah. They're 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 not they're not committed to him. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that there's a uh, this isn't a club player option type of deal. No, nope. is it? I don't think so. This is kind of true. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm as up to speed on arbitration eligible guy. But it, boy, it certainly sounds to me. Look, if if the team doesn't want him, they don't have to pay him. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go to arbitration. I would think that seems to make the most sense to me. Look, he was a first round pick by the A's. Mm-hmm. He was incredibly highly thought of. He was a better player than Javi Baez, was the thought at the time. Now, we know that that didn't work out that way, whether they had the domestic violence or not. And here's the other thing. He's a Boris client. Yes. It's a good point. He's a Scott Boris client. Uh, I'll, I'll be surprised if he's ever... I was going to say he never played in Chicago again, but that rules out him showing up as a team in uh, one of the two ballparks, as whatever uniform. He's not going to wear a Cubs uniform. Never. And... He'll be here. He got sent to AAA, so uh-huh. I'll be with the Iowa Cubs. They're back home tomorrow. And you know, I believe do you remember because we'd been we'd had a couple of visits to um, uh, to Principal Park by then. We'd done our show a couple of times out there, and the, and the thought process was there. They're in no rush to call him up. I think people right. were surprised when he got called up as as quickly as he did. Like he's had a terrible year. Yes, he's just, his mind's not. It's not on where it needs to be. 
He makes too many gaffes on the Bates paths. He throws balls away. I mean, he's playing second base right now. Um, as we know, he has trouble hitting Rizzo. <laughs> right. He does. Yeah. No, it's completely fair. It, it has been it has been an awful season for him. What was the name I saw? It wasn't a pitcher that I saw today on the Cubs. A, a rumor of somebody that they're targeting, and it was an offensive player. Which uh, I was like, from Detroit. Uh, Castellanos, maybe? There it was. Yeah, Nick Castellanos. Yes. You like that? I, I don't... Cappy said the same thing. They need a bat. I don't... Do they need a bat? I, no, they just need everybody right. You got a bat in Ian Happ. Right. And and Al Morrow, he hit his 10th bomb yesterday. I mean... Yes. That's a career high for him. He's incredibly good defensively. He struggles at the plate, I'll give you that. Yeah, he's not good. Right. Schwarber is not a leadoff hitter, but where are you going to put him? He's, boy, the, did you see the final out of the game? The ball was hit on a line to him, and it was, oh my God, he's going to miss this ball. He was circling around away. it, and it was, you know, you 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 could hear Cubs fans with the collective, <laughs> <laughs> because they knew the ball was headed to their left fielder. Who, let's be honest, um, not the most gifted left fielder, but he hits those bombs and he. You know, he covers up a lot of the the warts that uh, that his game has. I don't know. Uh, Hayward's adequate mm-hmm. uh, in right or in center, wherever they play him there. Bodie needs to come out of his slump. Alzali, make him a reliever the rest of the way. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm putting Alzali in the pen. And he's pitching here, what, on the weekend, right? Yes. I think he's got to start either Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to see if he can be that guy, he can be the David Price of seven, eight years ago with the Rays. Man, maybe longer than that. Boy, we're getting it's been a while. Yeah, it's been longer than that. <laughs> but uh, if he can be that kind of arm, if not, okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll retool and he'll be back as a starter next season. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. Step two, I'm optioning Brad Brock because yeah, he's, he's awful. Get him yep. out of there. Yep. And bringing onto the 40-man roster, Colin Ray. Yes. He deserves a spot. Yes. He is good enough. And if you're not going to do that, trade him. Because you can, you can get, get something for you him. You can get something for He's Colin leaving Ray. the PCL, Trent. A offensive, a big time offensive league. He's pitching incredibly right. well. Yep. What is he, 9 and 2 or 11 and 2 or yeah. something crazy like that? The only All Star from the Iowa Cubs. Mm-hmm. Really good. Has a track and blew record. Blew him away in the All Star game. He did. Came in. Boom, boom, boom. So either use him as a trade piece, and that's what young teams want, right? I would they want quality arms. Right. Colin Ray's a quality arm. Hit That's a commodity they've got there. One or two options with him. Go that route and continue to fix them. Mm-hmm. I, offensively, you need Brian. Obviously, we hope this injury isn't big. Right. That would change the yeah. conversation we're having here a week away. But get that going. If you can find a piece offensively, maybe that'll help. Sure. But there's so, much work, to be, there's so much work to be done. You in know, the Joe Madden said yesterday that he's not ruling out Ben Zobrist. He said that yesterday. Well, he be- he better get going then. I know. I, it's going to take it. him it's going to take him 3 weeks to get mm-hmm. ramped up, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Has he been working out? Don't know. Has he seen a live baseball? Nobody nobody knows. He can't just pick that up and oh, he's back out there. Yeah, no nobody knows. Bullpen was good yesterday. Bullpen for the Cubs was good yesterday. Um but Brock didn't have an opportunity to get into the game, which certainly didn't hurt. You know, just kind of just re- rant real quickly uh, on, on my team, the Blue Jays. Right? They just they just can't get out of their own way. Not oh, on the field. I was not recording. I bet I know you were. Him. They're trying to knock off Cleveland. So let me go back to to May and the Memorial Day in Canada is called Victoria Day. All right, and it's the Monday before Memorial Day, and the Jays. MLB does them a favor. They're always home on on Victoria Day. Okay. And the place is packed. Yeah. Packed. 
And it was packed for one reason on Victoria Day. Because a couple of weeks before, the face of the franchise, the, the, the kid that everybody in Canada has been waiting to see, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, is on the big club. They've been on the road. He's coming back, Victoria Day, 50,000 people in Rogers Center. They don't put him in a lineup. <laughs> Fast forward to last night. Marcus Stroman. Yes. Good player. Like to see him in a Twins uniform. A lot of teams would like to see him in their uniform. Yankees kicking the tires. But for the last time, he was in the Blue Jays uniform. Way more people in the building last night than there normally would have been for a team that's 28 or whatever it is out of first place. Yeah. Good crowd. Stroman's final game as a Blue Jay. I mean, it'd be an upset if he's a Blue Jay next year. Right? Pitches seven innings. Did they take him out six and two-thirds so the crowd could give him that standing ovation? Yeah. So they could recognize, thank you for what you've done? No. He gets through seven. Well, they're going to bring him out for the eighth, aren't they? Give I him mean, at this, least a shot. Right. They need to, even if you just get, let him go out there, throw out his warm-up pitches, and then Montoya goes out and gets him out and you know pitch, uh, taps his left or his right arm, and the crowd can show their love for a guy who's... Done his best on a really god-awful team and has been there for, you know, when the Jays were good good, a few years ago. Nope. Nope. Doesn't come out. Crowd that bought all the tickets to see Stroman one last time didn't get to recognize the guy. Victoria Day, no Guerrero in the lineup. They just can't get out of their own way. Isn't it fun rooting for teams that have ineptitude in the front office? It it seems like it's... I've, I've had that pain with the Twins in the past. I like the new regime in the front office with the general managers, the co-guys up there with Falvey and Levine. I like the direction they're heading. Mm-hmm. I've also rooted for the Bears, who <laughs> been a rough three-plus decades now since 1985. Uh, but you know what? Your time is here. We will take time out. We'll talk to Pat Hardy. His time is here. He'll join the program next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Hawkeye. Okay. Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon. Tim Yotter, Viking Update. Take a look at KXNO's NFL team uh, before we get out of here at noon. Right now, Pat Hardy, allhawkeyes.com. He was at the uh, Hawkeye Men's Basketball Media Availability yesterday. Pat Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Good to speak with you, Pat Hardy. I, I guess maybe one of the bigger takeaways was uh, Joe Toussaint was, well, he really is six feet tall, and man, he's put on some weight. He's not the skinny kid we thought he was going to be. Was that maybe as big of an impression uh, as you had yesterday? Pat, how are you? Yeah, that is it. Good to see, uh, good to talk to you guys again. But yeah, that was, and I even wrote that that was the biggest take from that because I'd been seeing him listed at 5'9, 5'10, maybe a few sites at 5'11, but I'm exactly six feet tall and I stood next to him and he looked me right in the eye. He's right around six feet tall and that's a big deal. I mean, that's, I mean, I was really concerned that 5'9, 5'10 was going to be an issue for him, but a couple inches makes a big deal and I've not, his quickness is there. I've seen enough of him on tape. He's going to be the quickest player on their team right now. He'll be the one guy on that team that's going to be able to stop ball pressure, and I think that's going to be real viable, and I think that's going to get him a lot of playing time. I think he would have played some even if Bohannon was healthy because mm. I think he's got that quickness they need. 
and a possibility maybe going forward if Bohannon does sit out and comes back the following year where we see J-Bo over at the two spot and a little bit more Tucson. So certainly expectations feel like they're going up for Joe Tucson. What about Bakari Evelyn? As Iowa dips into the transfer, the grad transfer market for the first time under Fran McCaffrey, a guy that saw his numbers go down from where he was as a sophomore. What were you able to find out there? Well, one of the first things I noticed of him, too, because I his height. He's he's a good 6'2", and because I'm always a good base of that, at being six feet tall, mm-hmm. I, I looked at him, and I'm like, okay, he's at least 6'2". I think that matters. And I know he's played mostly point guard. I think he's going to have to make three-pointers for him. I think he's going to have to score for them if Bohannon doesn't play, because I think between Toussaint and Connor McCaffrey, you have two pass-first point guards that are going to handle the ball handling that. They need three-point shooters. I mean, you take Isaiah Moss off this team, mm-hmm. you take Nicholas Bear, who made some big threes, and if Jordan Bohannon's not playing, three-point shots were what rescued Iowa in so many games. It's what led Iowa to victories in so many games. I think that's what they need more than anything from Bakari Evelyn. And, of course, the ability to defend in man-to-man. But if he struggles to make three-point shots, that's going to be a problem because I think three-point shots one of the biggest questions concerning this team. Hmm. Patrick McCaffrey was part of it as well yesterday. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. We've heard all about him you know, leading up to it, and he was going to play, obviously, for Dad and with his brother. And He's finally going to get that opportunity. Has his role changed maybe or what the, you know, the playing time changed a little bit with everything that's transpired since the season ended? Because I wasn't sure, Pat, that uh, you know what his minutes were going to be was he a redshirt candidate? But it certainly seems now he's gonna he's gonna have a bigger role than some thought he was going to see in his first year at Iowa. Oh yeah, I agree. I think his minutes have been impacted by what's happened. I think there was maybe a chance that he might redshirt. Fran even brought that up when we had him on the radio in April, saying that that's always a possibility. See how he handles the strength and the banging, what have you. I've seen Patrick play a lot. Patrick's a small forward. He was basically a small forward at West High, even though he was the tallest player on the team. Some people have told me that with his height, they're going to have to use him at power forward, too. No, that's not his game. He even said yesterday, defense dictates where he plays. He can't defend power forwards at this level. So he's going to have to play small forward. That's going to be interesting because that's Joe Wieskamp's position. So I think there's going to be some times if Patrick shows that he can play at this level right away, you might see Joe Wieskamp shift to shooting guard, get both of them in there for certain stretches for offense and what have you. But, no, I definitely think he's going to have to play. One of the things with Patrick that's going to be interesting, I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but he shoots his shot from around his face. He doesn't shoot it over his head, and it's going to be interesting to see if that causes some problems at this level, if guys get hands on the ball or whatever. I know he's very tall, but if you've ever watched him shoot from the perimeter, he's got a little unorthodox shot. He doesn't really shoot it over his head. So it will be interesting to see how he handles that adjustment. Drives me nuts. You got a dad that's a college coach, and yeah, they're in the gym when they're probably four, five, six years old, firing up threes when they shouldn't be. But shouldn't middle school, that was the time they need to go to a shot doctor, get that thing fixed before those guys got into high school. Oh, you're not the first one because Connor's got a little kind yes, of. Yes, he does. On his shot. But you've seen, Trent, you've seen Patrick shoot, right? Mm-hmm. He yes. shoots it from about his chin. Yeah. It's really weird. And in high school, it didn't really ever become an issue, but I have to see. It is strange, though, that when you're around the game so much that both of them have unorthodox shots. But Fran was not a shooter. Fran would be the first to That's, say. I mean, yeah. The reason Fran, Fran is always quick to say the reason he never played after college was because I couldn't shoot. He was, I was a pass-first point guard. He was 6'5". I just don't think that was ever a big deal. But right now, to me, the biggest question mark concerning Connor McCaffrey, I mean, he's not overly athletic. He's never going to be a great defender. Very good passer. Very selfish. 
this three-point shot. I mean, Connor's going to get a ton of three-point shots with or without Bohannon. And I keep bringing that up. But to me, three-point shooting, to me, is going to carry this team or it's going to bury this team. Pat Hardy joining us, allhawkeyes.com, taking a look at Iowa basketball. Nunji, the other player that was talked about yesterday, doesn't sound like a whole lot's changed since we heard from him at the end of his redshirt year. But this team overall, now with the newcomers there, yeah, expectations as they happen during the offseason sometimes start to rise up a little bit. But what's your baseline? What, what are you thinking this team is going to be? Is it is it an NIT type of year? Can they be good yeah. enough to be an NCAA tournament team? I wouldn't rule anything out, but to me it's an NIT team. It's a team that's probably going to maybe be around 500 in the Big Ten, maybe a little below, and a non-conference schedule is much tougher this year. They're at Iowa State. I don't think this team's going to be 11-0 going into Big Ten play, so it's not going to have that cushion. And I think that lack of cushion with maybe finishing around 500 or a little blow will get the team in the NIT. I'd love to be wrong. If, if this team could make the NCAA, that's four out of six years they're in the NCAA. If it doesn't, that's, what, two out of three years where they haven't made the tournament. Mm. So there's a lot riding on this team. But right now, personnel-wise, mostly because I need to see this team without Jordan Bohannon making three-point shots. I need to see that to see how they're going to win. I mean, look at how many games that Jordan Bohannon impacted. Wow. Not with his defense, not with his ball handling, not with anything, but his ability yep. to make three-point shots at crunch time. That's Clutch. Huge. That's what he does better than anything. Clutch. And I, Isaiah Moss was the other one who sometimes could just go on these scoring flurries and lift them. Tyler Cook scored their first, what, nine points against Tennessee mm-hmm. to get that second half going. Those players are all gone. So I need to see this team before I say, yeah, it's better than an NIT team. And Nicholas Bear was as smart of a Hawkeye basketball player as we've seen a long time, just between the years. He saw the play before it happened. Appreciate those kids and the effort. Uh, more will than skill. Love that in Bear, and, and he's going to be missed, I think, for that reason. Pat Hardy's our guest. Oh, Pat, good, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's go back a week ago today. We we're all in Chicago. By the way, I love the picture that you posted on Twitter. Ferentz backed into the corner <laughs> of that room in, in the scrum. And I know he mentioned being backed into a corner in Chicago that he's a little uncomfortable and got a little chuckle out of that. But the, my takeaway from that, and, and you did a big piece on it, uh, on Oliver Martin, the fact that the family's hired an attorney. And by all accounts, if you uh, are asking for the NCAA to grant you a waiver, if you've got legal representation, the likelihood of that happening seems to rise. He does. Uh, Oliver Martin's chances, did you come away thinking maybe there's a better chance than it, uh, that you did at one point? Oh, yeah. For I went from 30-70 to 70-30 just because I, I read an article where someone's keeping track. Eight out of ten, uh, almost eight out of ten of these athletes that hire lawyers get their appeals accepted or whatever, however you want to, their petition. And so, yeah, I think there's that shows you how serious he is about wanting to play and I'm to the point now where I think he will get it. A lot of people say, well, what about Drew Ott? Drew Ott's situation was different. Drew Ott appeared in five or six games briefly that year, and there was a lot of different things. I still think Drew Ott should have been given another year, yep. but there was different facts surrounding that one that I think hurt Drew in that case, where Oliver doesn't have anything other than this petition. So, yeah, I would be now to the point where I'd be a little surprised if he doesn't win his appeal. It's interesting, and... What kind of role he would play? You know, we heard so much during the spring in the slot with Nico Regani and Tyron, Tra- Tyron Tracy and, and those two players, what they can do. What role would he fit? What position is it? Is he an outside receiver? Is he more of a slot guy I in the think, Iowa system? Now, from what I've seen based on West High, I never, to be honest with you, I never saw Oliver play from him. A few times I watched him, he wasn't in. But mm-hmm. to me, he's more of a Matt Vandenberg type. He's more of an outside guy. I don't think he's... I mean, Nick Easley was kind of small and shifty. Nico Regani and Tyrone Tracy are that way, too. 
to me, those slot guys have to do more real quick cuts and do more stuff in traffic, whereas those split ends get more out in space and whatever. I see Oliver doing that position, but I'm basing that on how he played at West High. So that's been two years ago. I saw him play a ton in high school. And to me, he, he kind of reminds me of Matt Vandenberg. And Matt Vandenberg had, a, I think he had at least one season. He caught almost 70 passes in a season. So God, I think you get anything like that from Oliver Martin. I think they're going to be real happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat, we won't hold you to this. It's July 25th. And as the season gets closer, we'll have you on and we'll, you know, pick your brain a little bit on how you see it. But after you left Chicago, one of my bigger takeaways is just the lack of, uh, Anybody, I couldn't find anybody that's giving Wisconsin a chance uh, in the West, which is so rare this year. I'm on the Minnesota bandwagon. I think that they've got as good a chance as any. July 25th, who do you think is going to win the West? Um, again, we won't hold you to this. Uh, it's a tough one. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Nebraska's got a chance, and I'm not a number, huge Nebraska believer, but look at Nebraska's schedule and compare it to Iowa's. Yeah. I mean, it's just night and day difference and to me schedules are going to be the difference of what separates these teams i don't think there's a great team in the west i think iowa on paper is as good if not better than all of them but iowa's schedule is brutal mm-hmm. its road schedule is brutal nate stanley's won one game on the road against a big 10 team with a winning record minnesota he's nine and nine as Iowa's starter in the big 10 over the past two seasons and the other thing that kind of keeps creeping up in my and i hope i'm wrong about this but name the last iowa multi-year senior starting quarterback who not only had a good season himself, but the team had a good season. Mm. You have to go all the way back to Matt Rogers. Mm. I mean, Ricky Stancy played yeah. well as a senior in 2010, but the team stunk. Right. It just hasn't happened. So I've got him right now 8-4. I, I don't think people need to sleep on Northwestern either. I think right now if I had to pick, I would probably pick Wisconsin because I'm just not really? ready. Mm. Just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just not ready, but I'm also picking a team that has a probably a kid who, who's in high school last right. year starting a quarterback. I could be talking to picking three. I'm not ready to go with Minnesota. I'm not ready to go quite with Nebraska yet, but I do think Nebraska is going to have at least seven, six or seven wins when they face Iowa in that last game. And right now I'd probably stick with Wisconsin because I need to see more of Wisconsin collapsing before I'm ready to just say, no, they have no chance. I'm with you, Ken. I think people are just kind of riding off Wisconsin and it's premature. I mean, they've got the best running back in college football yep. and Remember, who's got a hand on that program at all times? Mm, Barry Alvarez. Yes, he does. I don't think. I just don't. I'm just not ready because I also think the winner is going to be seven and two or six and three too. I don't think there's going to be any team that's going to really stand above the others. Pat Hardy, AllHawkeyes.com. Pat, thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes today. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, good to talk to you, Pat Hardy, AllHawkeyes.com. So Wisconsin on the board. We got one. We got one. We got a Bucky. We do have a Bucky. You that's got a you one. got a Goldie over there. Yes, I'm in. I'm fully in. I got them tying for the division. Mm-hmm. August will reevaluate. Okay. <laughs> Probably in the first and second twist, and third and twi- fourth week. Twist my arm. Uh, we're going to talk Vikings next. Tim Yotter, VikingUpdate.com. They're KXNO's NFL team. What kind of season will they have? Well, Tim Yotter might provide some clarity next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. <laughs> Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Time to spend a few minutes taking a look at uh, KXNO's NFL team, the Minnesota Vikings. Training camp is underway. Tim Yotter uh, joins the program as Tim 
packing it in, calling it a career, Tim Yotter. You've covered this team for a long time. You're going to miss it? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, going to miss the, you know, a lot of the players uh, that I've gotten to know that I, you know, over the years, and, and you get used to that in covering a team that players come and go. Sure. And, you know, you, you, but, uh, yeah, there, there's still a lot of good personalities, good guys on the team, uh, a lot of good public relations staff over at the Vikings, and, you know, of course, the people that I've gotten to know best over the years, which are the other media people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss that part of it for sure. Well, we're going to miss having you on, but let's pick your brain one final time here, Tim. Is You know, for the most part, I, I, consensus is the Bears are the team to beat, and then, you know, when uh, neck down that next tier, it's you know, that's one person, well, it's the Packers, the other person will tell you it's the Vikings, no love for the Lions, but why should this year be any different? Um, what's the ceiling for this Vikings team? If all things go well if they're you know the um, no injury at the quarterback position some of the guys that they can't afford to lose they don't what's the best case scenario for the vikings this year would be what well i think they they have the ability to to make a, a deep playoff run to me you know kirk cousins has been remarkably healthy uh since he's taken over full-time starting status not only with the vikings but also going back three four years with the redskins as well um, so, you know, in any case, I do say, okay, if you're starting quarterback and, you know, a veteran that you're paying that much money to gets hurt, that, that, uh, you know, is, if he's hurt, uh, where it's, say it's middle of the season and he's unable to come back, that's going to kill just about any team's hopes. But with the Vikings, I think, uh, you know, besides health at certain positions, the main thing is how does everything come together? offensively for this team with a new system, uh, a new uh, blocking scheme for the offensive line, and a rookie center coming in as a first-round draft pick in Garrett Bradbury. If that comes together well for the Vikings, then I think they have the potential to make a deep playoff run. Certainly know this defense has a chance to be really good, but the cornerback group that was already a little thin with Mike Hughes trying to come back from an ACL tear last season – Another blow as a suspension handed down for Holton Hill. Now, he wasn't going to be a starter, but he was certainly a depth piece there. How big of an impact do you think this is for the Vikings? Um, I, I think it's overplayed a little bit because I think they, I think it's the deepest position on the team. So if there was a spot where they could afford a, an injury to a contributor, I think that was it. Um, you know, they've, they've still got Trey Waynes. Xavier Rhodes as their starting outside guys. Mackenzie Alexander really improved last year as their nickel cornerback. They used a, a decent amount of J. Ron Curse uh, as a big nickel, as they call him, when they wanted somebody bigger than Alexander in there. And, you know, uh, Mike Hughes, uh, I think, had a chance to overtake uh, Waynes as a starter last year if he would have stayed healthy. Now, we don't know for sure uh, tomorrow when all the veterans start practice if Mike Hughes is going to be on the pup list or if he'll be practicing. My guess is they probably start him on the pup list and, and slowly work him in over the the coming weeks of training camp. Um, but, you know, right there alone, you have four or five decent options at, at cornerback. And then I think that, that Chris Boyd, their seventh-round pick this year, has a chance to be a little bit like Holton Hill was last year, a guy that, you know, as he gets experience in the system during the preseason and training camp, 
can be a contributor. You know, you don't want him to end up starting games. Uh, you know, Holton Hill did a little of that last year or being a, you know, a, a heavy snap count guy. But I think he's got the potential to eventually work into a, a pretty solid contributor. A couple more minutes with Tim Yotter, VikingUpdate.com. Tim, how hot is Mike Zimmer's seat going into this year, if at all? Um, yeah, I, I do think if they miss the playoffs, that's not going to bode well for, for Zimmer's future. You know, they, I look at it this way. They have given him and Rick Spielman, the general manager, mm-hmm. all the resources they could possibly want. They've been spending up to the salary cap as heavily as they can. They, you know, they have gone out, got Kirk Cousins, who, you know, this, this is the guy that they thought would be the, the best replacement for Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, however far back you want to go. Um, and, there really hasn't been anything that they have asked for that the Wilfs have not given them. Now, the the biggest question for me would be, okay, let's say they don't have a winning season. Things go awry. You can't necessarily pin it on a major injury that, that derailed the season. Then who do you pin it on? Do you pin it on Zimmer or do you pin it on Spielman? Um, and, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I do know that they – they love what what Zimmer's brought to the team, but um, you know this is a guy that's also on his fourth offensive coordinator since he took over in 2014 as the head coach. So, I I think the the seat is relatively hot, but I don't know that 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 changes much from where it was last season when you know I thought, hey, okay, they're not going to get rid of Zimmer. It's going to take more than one season, but here we go. They didn't make the playoffs last year. If that happens again this year, then I do think the seat's pretty hot. Tim, want to get your perspective on a guy that is going to be finishing up his job with the Vikings, and that's the current CEO mm, yeah, and future Big Ten commissioner in Kevin Warren. What can you tell us about this guy as he makes his way to the Big Ten as a commissioner? And a lot of people believe he might be a commissioner not of the Big Ten, but the NFL, whenever Goodell says, decides to hang it up. Well, yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, the, the NFL for all that it tries to do to promote diversity, uh, when you look at it in, in the top front office roles, there, there isn't a lot of diversity. It's mostly white males there. Kevin Warren, I think, has the capacity to be that guy in the future. Um, but what I've seen with him as the Vikings is just a, a real, steady guiding presence at the top. Um, I think he has certain initiatives that he wants to get done and he has, he has accomplished that. Um, there have been women within the organization that have been promoted uh, for diversity. There have been minorities promoted, uh, you know, as, as part of a getting a more well-rounded representative staff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think if, if he goes in and has a, a good steadying hand makes some some good strides in the Big Ten. I do think he will be a candidate because I think he's pretty well respected around the NFL as well. And you know he's taken on some major projects. He, he was one of the leads in U.S. Bank Stadium. He was one of the leads in getting this massive TCO Performance Center in Egan built. Um, and you know th- there's more to be done there. But I, I think as he moves on, 
he's left a really good mark on the organization. Well, you're moving on, Tim Yotter, and we appreciate it. Certainly I do. You've been on radio programs that I've been a part of for more than a decade now, and I certainly am grateful for uh, for what you've done for me, helping me out, whether you be at uh, uh, some of the... Uh, the senior bowl is those type of events and certainly with the Vikings. So last thing for you, Tim, you honor a playoff team this year for the Vikings. Yes or no. I think they are on the fringe of, of, of that playoff mix. Um, you know, the bears, my biggest question with them. Well, two big questions. Kicker and Trubisky. Yeah. Is he, is he, you know, a, a top 10 quarterback with a good, good, uh, personnel around him or is he kind of that Andy Dalton where he's good mm. but you really don't know what you're getting and then Vic Fangio moving on is mm. that defense going to be as good as they were last year I have my doubts about that I still think they've got quality talent there um, so I, I think the Vikings are certainly in that contention mix I think it's really very even between Vikings Bears and Packers hope that's the case can be a hell of a race Tim thank you again I uh, really appreciate it uh, we will um We'll, we'll miss you on the program. Thanks, Tim, again, for what you've done over the better part of a decade. I really appreciate it. All right, no problem. Thank yeah. you to you Thanks, guys Tim. as well. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tim Yotter, vikingupdate.com. All right, Trent Connor. so we've kind of got, uh, well, Twins and White Sox tonight at mm-hmm. 7. Uh, Cubs are off. Yes. Um, Cardinals are playing right now. Up Cardinals are playing up to nothing already. Jeez. Two spot on the board Boy, early. they're scoring some runs, aren't they, the Redbirds? Jose Martinez with an RBI single. And Paul DeYoung again, this time just a sack fly. He had three, three bombs yesterday. How about that? So my text group that I tell you about from time to time. Yes. Uh, some people were trying to get under the skin of the Cubs fans saying that Paul DeYoung's better than Javi Baez. <laughs> Well, it's hard to see. It's the text, so you can't see if it was sent with a straight face. Right, right. I think just a little bit. But the conversation started. Some of the Cubs fans said they'd take Javi Baez starting a team over Cody Bellinger. That's just oh, silly. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. That, I, I, mean, I love Javier Baez. I, I know you do, but that's, no, that's Cubs right. silly talk. Yes. You're yes. not taking... Javi's great. Now, I'd rather watch Baez. Yes, he's a more exciting player. Right. But you're taking Cody Bellinger. I'm taking Cody Bellinger. Yes, yes I am. Every single time. Sorry, But Cubs you know fan. what? If I get the second pick and Bellinger's gone, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take Javi. And you're not taking Paul DeYoung over Javi? No, 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 no. I guess there is some concern about the Chris Bryant thing, maybe being a little bit of a lingered situation. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, I just saw some he's Twitter. He's heating up, too. Oh, he's, he's on, played so him well. Him and has been carrying this yes. team offensively. But six weeks now for Bryant. He's been really Ooh. good. All right, we've got some, and I haven't even... You're going to have to help me out. So this Iowa United team. Oh, yeah. I know the Fanatics uh-huh. had Nicholas Bear and Tyrus McGee in studio earlier in the week yeah. or at some point, which was a really good get. That was, I'm sure that was really good radio, um, really popular as well. But they're playing in Wichita tonight. They are against the Wichita team. Against the Wichita team. So this team is made up of former clones, former Hawks, former Bulldogs, and Panthers, I have no idea what the roster's comprised. Yes, yeah. It, or it's, how it is. They didn't get a Panther on, though, in future years. That is the hope okay. that they'll be able to get somebody from every every team. But Nicholas Bear, Melson Basabi, Marcus Pfizer is on the roster. Matt Gatons, okay. Meg Gustafson was, but now she's playing professionally. Yep. So she's not available. Horner's going to be the coach. Okay. Old man, I guess, got to hang it up. He can't <laughs> play anymore. Peter Jock, he's injured, though. I don't think he's going to be able to play. Did he injure his arm throwing out the first pitch at principal part? Boy, was that, that ugly. That thing looked like you get a Tommy John surgery afterwards. That's embar- that was embarrassing. Tyrus McGee, talked about yep, him. Yep. Cyrus Tate, 
Okay. There's a blast from the yeah, past. Indeed. Haven't thought of Cyrus Tate in a long time. Nick McGlynn from Drake, Reed Timmer, Josh Young. There's another one. Josh Young, how good he was during that season. Oh, my God. So Just athletic. So great athletic. Great shooter, smooth yes. off the bounce. Yep. Oh, he was fun. And one guy that didn't play in the state of Iowa, but is from Iowa, Urbandale's Matt Tybee, who okay. played at UW-Wisconsin. Yep. So that's the roster. I'm, I'm excited to watch this guy. You know, see some of these guys I haven't seen in a long time, get to see them out there. And that Wichita team, though, they're loaded. Are they? Yeah, I was looking earlier, and I, I don't have it here in front of me, but Clay Anthony Early and on and on and on. It is all kinds of names. Oh, I remember that guy. I remember that mm-hmm. guy. There's at least a half dozen really good players, at least really good college players. And ESPN has it tonight? It will. 7 o'clock on big ESPN. Can you bet this game? 7 or 8? Oh, you're right. 8. Yeah, 6 o'clock is the first game. Yeah. yeah. And and there'll be Wichita against Iowa at 8. Can you bet on this game? I mean, if, oh. if anyone would know, you would. Well, I, I can I can find out very quickly here. They can't put lines on this. This I or Maybe I when they know. move on in advance. I saw out of one of the regionals that already played the 8 seed. Moved on. I was the seven seed here in this regional. So, so they're taking on the two. Is that it? They're, so, uh, is is this? I mean, did they play any defense? I I have no idea what this. Yeah, is. this is real basketball. Is this it? is it's not the three on three right? stuff that you see on from time to time. This yeah, is and I couldn't real get basketball. And teams play hard. They're playing for two million bucks. Yeah, well, it's winner take all. And and if you lose, you're out. Lose, you're out. So you do all this training and you get to this point, and if you get knocked out in your first game, that's say la vie. Single elimination tournament. All right. 64 teams. I think that's how it is at the very least. It. I'm still guessing here a little bit more. Yeah, single em- em- We know more about tournament. it than I do. $2 million on the line. ESPN tonight at 8. I will tune in a little bit. I hope the Twins are off to a just a have a commanding lead. I hope so, too. Uh, because the lead in the division is down to 2. Offshore, I'm not seeing anything yet for these games. Where do the Indians... Go tonight. Oh, Kansas City Chiefs. I told you, they don't play anybody. They play no, the Tigers, Royals, and Blue Jays. But, true, but fast forward to the final two weeks of the season, and it's Indians fans will be, ah, the Twins, they don't play anybody. Because <laughs> it's, it's really the last two weeks of the season. I am looking up forward to that. I bet you are. Oh. I just hope it's a race, and I believe it will be. Yes. believe it, it will be. Both central divisions going to entertain us in baseball uh, through the month of September. Is Cleveland really going to trade Bauer? No. Well, they're talking. No, they can't. Why would they? He dominated the other night. Yeah, he's doing it against a quadruple A team. Guy's a little out there. Yeah, he is. He likes drones. Mm-hmm. He likes looking at his pitches and the rotation that he can get. He's different. Yeah, he's a good player though. He's really good. Really good player. No, I don't think they will. I don't think the Giants are going to sell. I'd be shocked if they did. Uh, we shall see. All right, uh, tomorrow's Friday. Time tomorrow we'll be wrapping up the Claxons giveaway. We'll let you know who won last week's Claxons at some point. Winners will be notified tomorrow, and we will have a set of questions for you. Uh, Murph and Andy come your way at uh, two o'clock this afternoon. Is Pollard on with them today? Yeah, he'll be on with Andy this afternoon. Oh, Keith's on vacation. Yep, That's he's right. He's in San Fran. Nice. Uh, F- Fanatics at four. And then the morning rush tomorrow at six. Fourteen sixty KX.